I'm Nikola Tesla. Shame you're a big fat liar. No! It could look like anything, be anywhere. Prototype Death Ray. Ah! I believe you wanted to see this. This is going to be something special. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and welcoming back once again. It's been a while, but she's back with us again. Nicole from the Terminus Podcast. Nicole, how are you? I'm great. I finally got the TARDIS to work and get me here on time, so I'm back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Just It's been a busy month or two. I'm like really behind on my own podcast, but um, it's been good. It's just been... I guess busy is better than not busy. So like not having absolutely anything to do though. Actually, I don't know if I agree with that either because rest is very good, but I'm glad we have Dr. Who back on our screens. Indeed. Indeed. And as you know, from listening to us, you are never far from our minds because we seem to somehow every episode work you into the episode in some fashion <laughs> case in point this last episode right before this episode 180 you gave a stellar review to the episode of orphan mm-hmm. 55 you gave it a one for you mm-hmm. and that uh that formed the matrix for everybody else's uh, ratings. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good. It I did. hadn't gotten to the ratings yet. I'm yeah. about halfway through listening to the episode, and then I was like, "Oh, I need to do my own notes." So. Oh yeah. So yes, yes, you inspired us with your one. <laughs> <laughs> so who was that other voice that I just heard? Well, for everyone listening, you already know. But for the sake of someone who might be new to this show and is listening for the first time, it was none other than Lee Shackelford. Howdy doody. Howdy doody to you, my friend. How are you? Oh, good. I, I always forget that there is the prospect that somebody is listening to this show for the very first time. And, and if so, welcome aboard. Welcome, um, welcome. Yeah, I, I've been inspired by one of our uh, recent um, comments on uh, Apple Podcasts. When somebody said that we uh, often have different opinions, but our respect for one another's views and opinions is clear. And I thought, boy, that's a Boy, I hope so, because what a what a aspiration that is in this day of toxic fandom. I, I like to think that we're the Doctor Who podcast where people can say, no, I don't think so. Well, you actually, know. Kyle edits out all our fighting, doesn't he? <laughs> you weren't supposed well, that's to it. say so the, that. The, <laughs> <laughs> right. So the, the end result. The end result is me, actually. <laughs> Let me ask you this, uh, Nicole, real quick before I go on to the star of the show in just a moment and Uh-oh. say – did Thanks. you have you listened uh, to the point where you actually will hear a censor beep in episode 180? Oh no, I oh. haven't. Mm. Spoilers. Be by surprise because I can't Ooh. remember what was being censored there. But yeah, I'm just saying. Yep. But speaking yeah, I think, of the, I think Cal lost his marbles for a second there. Yeah, yeah he did. He did. He was... <laughs> but speaking All of the lamp. star of the show, who I just heard his voice a minute ago. Clarence Brown, or a second ago, Clarence Brown. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, as always, glad to be back and glad to be, you know, into the season of Doctor Who. So having fun watching and can't wait to talk about it. 
Well, while we're still doing introductions, I will say to the three of you, I thought about you earlier in the day. Again, people who have listened to this show over the years have heard me talk about when I go to the dentist, I have this thing where I see as they're giving me the gas, I have this mental image of which time vortex that I'm going to be envisioning as I'm starting to get, you know, well, for lack of a better word, high on the gas. Um, So as I'm listening or what, not listening, breathing in the fumes, as they say, I was trying to use the 12th doctor's, you know, tart, I mean, you know, montage or whatever time vortex couldn't do it. And for some reason, my brain just went back to the tenant era. And I, I'm, I'm kidding you not guys. And I started laughing. Because I was seeing the Lee Shackleford name, Nicole Mazza, Clarence Brown, <laughs> Kyle Jones in the, the, the way that they did, you know, the David Tennant, Billy Piper, whatever. Right. So oh, wow. that's cool. But just FYI, I thought about I like you it. guys wow. about 930 yeah. this morning. Right. I've never had my name flying through the vortex, so <laughs> yeah. that's pretty amazing. Especially <laughs> in somebody's head at the dentist. So anyway. Why don't we get into the news? And you know what, ladies first. Nicole, I'm going to start with you. And I know this is just breaking the news cycle that I had said before we started. But I'm going to, you know, break the news cycle. So, Nicole, you had some news. Yeah, the news I was thinking about, it actually came out a week ago. There was a trailer for the... Doctor Who season 14 collection. They've been doing those collections where they have uh, like a season 26 one is on its way out. And I think they've done a uh, trial of time Lord as well, where they do a lot of uh, extra stuff with the, the DVDs, but also they've been putting out really fun trailers. Like the one with Ace, like was gave me all the feels, but this one for season 14 was really fun. It had a, Louise Jameson and she's like on the phone, you know, theoretically on the phone with Tom Baker and she's talking about the getting the DVDs and she has an assistant who is one of the robots from Robots of Death and uh, <laughs> which starts to, you know, get red eyes and tries to attack her and she basically just knocks it out with the DVD collection and it's like still got it, you know, so I'm I'm super excited about that. The uh, trailer was really funny. That's actually my very first season of Doctor Who, so I have a lot of sentimental attachment to it. Like, I think Robots of Death might have been my first story. I'm not 100% sure on that because I didn't make a mental note when I was 13 to be like, I'm going to need to know this when I'm an adult and people ask, what's your first story? But should have written that down. I know. Gosh, I should have put it in my diary. (laughs) Right. Instead of like the boy had a crush on or something. But but anyway, yeah, that should be. Oh, you know, I didn't write down when that's coming out, but I feel like it's February or so. Uh, don't quote me on that, but yeah. <laughs> you can, uh, I think if you just look up, uh, season 14 Doctor Who DVD, you'll find the, uh, the trailer for that. I think it's also on the, the official Doctor Who BBC channel awesome. on YouTube. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, Lee, since we were talking just a minute ago about the 10th Doctor's Vortex and introduction, it was also the introduction well, to the ninth. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the ninth Doctor's intro as well. And you had some news about the ninth Doctor. Yeah, I do. Uh, although before we leave um, talking about um, Doctor Who season 14, by which we mean of the 
original series. Oh, yes. Um, I'm sorry. St- and so these are uh, uh, some of my very favorite episodes of of all time. So I don't know. I don't need these on Blu-ray, but uh, what do I need anyway? But as we record this, it is the day after Tom Baker's 86th birthday. Happy oh. birthday. Woo! Yes. Fourth Doctor. And many, 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 many more. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, a time lord. He's going to go on forever. Yeah, uh, but but he'll be Peter Davison, which is a little confusing. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, he, he would be great at curating. He could be the, the curator. curator. He'd be a great curator. He would be. He could retire and do that. He could he retire could. and be the curator. But to get back to the point, Peter Davison. Uh, speaking of Peter Davison, he is uh, going to be at Gallifrey, which uh, which is of course the big Who Con in the U.S. And that is a month from now. And so is Christopher Eccleston. So and last week uh, when we were talking about news, you said you had some news that was absolutely fantastic. Mm. And so with that lead in, I knew you were going to talk about uh, all these conventions that Christopher Eccleston's doing. But when you use the Ninth Doctor's catchphrase there, but. But no, then he went and talked about something else. <laughs> no, nobody cares about something. Yeah, whatever. I mean, really. Anyway, but um, but yeah, Gallifrey One this time is going to have a Christopher Eccleston and Peter Davison, which is fantastic. Uh, also, Pearl Mackey. And for those of us who are fans of the show we watched tonight, not only Tawson Cole is going to be there, but so is, oh dear, and now I'm blanking on her name, Anjali Mohindra. She's going to be Yay! there as well. Yeah. Which, uh, and of course, many of us were fans of her as Ronnie Chandra on uh, the Sarah Jane Adventures. And then, of I all things, she comes back <laughs> in uh, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror as, uh, as a scorpion. Mm. She looks a little different. The 10 year challenge no. really <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's it. it I, yeah. I mean, me talking about me going to the dentist, she right. needs to go to the dentist. The dentist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or she has been, and this is what this is what, what results. Did. I mean, yes. to be fair, in her culture, she might have really great teeth. Absolutely, yes. yeah. No, I mean, the scorpion know, cult. I'm not gonna, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah any, uh, judge anybody else's uh, standards of beauty, but um, <laughs> but uh, but Janet Fielding and Sarah Sutton are going to be there together again. I think that they've just sort of taken to doing Gallifrey together, especially when Peter Davison's there. Yeah, and Fraser Hines, I think, is always there, so they're representing. The second Doctor era, mm. so yeah. I, I and uh, as Nicole was saying earlier, we're just heartbroken that um, we can't go to Gallifrey this year. It is kind of a long way away from us. Mm. Yeah, we but just for a need long the time, TARDIS. We just need the TARDIS, and yes, uh, yeah. But uh, a little closer to home, Christopher Eccleston is also going to be at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, and that's really? in March. And Kansas City is a little closer to us, um, so to some of us. As we record this, but yeah, that is March the twentieth through the twenty second, twenty twenty. So I'm going to make a curious speculation, and I'm curious to what the three of you think about this, or if you have any thoughts on this. Considering the fact that in three years we will be at sixty, sixty years from nineteen sixty three, and the fact that there seems to have been in the last year, especially some bad water dissipating and bad feelings being mended. I'm wondering if we might see a ninth doctor potentially if they did a 60th anniversary special. I believe you're right. I would love that. I see that. Yeah. I mean, I think Christopher Eggleston wasn't like 
too anti coming back before, even with the 50th, but I just think he didn't like the script for that. But, you know, he has really come around a lot about his time on Doctor Who, so maybe? Clarence, what do you think? Would you would you be up for a Ninth Doctor return? Oh, yes, I would be all for that. Uh, the biggest thing that would concern me is the actual look. Uh, he's much older now, of course, so... Um... Yeah, that that would throw me out of it a little bit. But, you know, I do want to see him back playing a doctor. He's actually one of my favorites. So, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, I, I was thinking earlier today, again, in that phase state or whatever you want to call it that I was in. I wonder what they would call it if they had five doctors again. And would they call it the five doctors again? Or if they would name it <laughs> something else? Five more doctors. Yeah. Who knows? But you know what I do know is we, thankfully, because there are people listening to us and are going to Apple Podcast and reviewing us on Apple Podcast, have another Apple review. And Clarence, I think you've got that and are going to share that with us. Yes, yes, I certainly am. So ComicFan0325 writes, The... Doctor Who podcast. Be ready to enjoy Doctor Who with one of the best podcasts. They're funny, thoughtful, positive, and make listening well worth my time. Each brings something to the table and it's easy to hear they enjoy making the show as much as we enjoy listening. Their banner is genuine and they don't mind saying when they're wrong. Highly recommend this to Doctor Who fans of any generation. Awesome. Woo. That's right. That's the one I was thinking of. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you're listening and you too like this podcast, uh, we suggest that you head on over to the podcast platform of your choice and drop us a review and a few stars. We'd appreciate it. Awesome. I like this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We like yours too. <laughs> but you know I what? You mentioned yours a lot on mine as well, to be fair. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. So before I, I also have one thing in the news, but I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Jeff Franklin. He shared a, an image on our Discussing Who Facebook page, and it was the timeless child. Mm -hmm. And if this timeless child was the Doctor Who timeless child, I would be <laughs> hands down all for it because it is a picture of the uh, 12th Doctor, I mean, excuse me, the 13th Doctor and Baby Yoda. You're crossing the streams. You're crossing, crossing the streams. Ba baby Yoda. I mean, Baby Yoda. What else can you say? Yodeling. Yodeling. Uh, but then we might get the doctor with a lightsaber, which could be mm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm. Use the force, Harry. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it should be Baby Yoda versus Pating 2020. Let's do there it. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Even though Good I song. like the Pating, I'm sorry, the Pating can just be like, put somewhere because it baby Yoda hands down. No, you, how could you not love a baby Yoda? I'm right. serious. Like I love the baby Yoda and I haven't watched the show yet. So <laughs> See? right. Yeah. But I've heard that from another people. They say, Oh, I just love him. What's that from? <laughs> oh, I know what it's from at least. I just haven't watched it. <laughs> uh, okay. So Nicole, you're going to love this one. This is our last bit of news before we get into the review. It is from Big Finish. It's a new audio adventure that is out, and it is Doctor Who Dark Universe. It stars 
Sylvester McCoy, Sophie Allred, and Mark Bonner star in this brand new story that picks up the threads of the relationship between the Doctor and an older Ace. And she is now in her grown-up role as the CEO of A Charitable Earth. Ooh, that's going to be awesome. And I love Mark Bonner, too, so that's good. I mean, he's been in he's been in the show as well, but I like him in other stuff, too. So that should be good. Cool. You guys even remember who Mark Bonner is? <laughs> Am I just like... Help us out here. He was in, um, which I feel like you guys hated, but um, he was in the... Um, Oh, wow. That just went out of my head. The ganger two-parter. He was um, the guy that was the dad. Like he had a little kid and then he his character dies and his ganger kind of oh, takes yes. over and becomes a dad. But he's a Scottish actor. He's in like a lot of British stuff. He's really good, actually. We've actually but not, also Seven Doctor and Ace. I'm like super into as well. So well, we've not gotten. I know the two episodes that you're talking about. We haven't gotten to those yet. But I will okay. say, say this: his character that he plays in this story actually sounds very interesting. He plays a character I think called the Eleven, and it is a Time Lord who retains the characteristics or the memories or the personality traits or something of all 11 of his incarnation, however that plays out. Uh, but huh. that just sounded interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it, I like the idea of coming back to Ace as an older character because they, they sort of hint at that in the little trailer, like I was mentioning earlier for season 26, where they have her where she's like, you know, I'm all grown up now, but I still miss my time with the doctor. And it would be interesting because she was her character was technically only 16 when she started traveling with the doctor. And so, I mean, obviously, she's grown up a lot. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to, to hear that. I thought you were going to go with the Martha Jones one. But whenever ago. whenever I saw this one, it said, Nicole, I've got to mention mention this. Well, oh. the seventh doctor is my doctor, so I'm mm -hmm. into it. Awesome. I'm still uh, looking at this uh, website about the, uh, the 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 season 14 uh, Blu-ray, which I'm about to buy online. Um, <laughs> if somebody doesn't stop me, but uh, it, there's a little table here on the Wikipedia page that lists uh, the uh, the viewership numbers. So, as an average, which serial from season 14 of Doctor Who had the highest viewers numbers as an average? Hmm. Give us the g deadly assassin. I, I don't think. Well, I'm asking. Uh, I'm, I'm asking it because Nicole's on the show. Oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I feel like this is a trick question. No, like, I it's would, a gimme, is what it is. Oh, it's a gimme. So yeah. I would think either deadly assassin or talents of Wayne Chang. Robots of death. Yeah. Oh, robots of death. It's robots. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, and and it was um yeah it was obviously beloved by the fans. Uh, Talons actually fell off a little bit from, uh, Robots of Death, which is, yeah, given how beloved it is now, that's, that's quite a surprise. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Deadly Assassin, that part three, uh, had, uh, I think the highest numbers of the whole season, partly because we wanted to see if the doctor was going to be drowned. Well, yeah, uh, there was a the <laughs> house thing where she got all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she said, don't watch this show. And then 13 million people did. So that's what happens when you tell people to stop watching. Awesome. Anyway, yeah, getting back to the 13th. 
Awesome. Can, can I ask a quick general question real quick? Awesome. You have Nicole most certainly on. can. Mm. So was it weird that Ace was so young traveling with the doctor? Was that like a point of, you know, hmm. uh, clamoring people talking about the show, this young girl, uh, underage girl <laughs> traveling with the girl? Yeah. She's a minor. <laughs> already. It never really came up in the show. I mean, I know that, you know, when the when the show first started and you had Susan, people were concerned about the doctor traveling with a young woman now susan i don't know they ever gave an age for her because obviously she's gallifreyan as well but i think she was meant to be a teenager so they kind of said oh well that's that's his granddaughter but by the time we get all the way to season 24 i think was when she came in i think dragon fire is the end of season 24 anyway i don't think it ever really came up like you don't really yeah i mean i guess at 16, you leave back then, you would leave school or you could leave school in England. Uh, you know, you would go on to either, you know, college, not university, but college, like sixth form college or go on and have your life. So I don't know they considered that an adult, but, you know, she always was very mature. I don't know. I just don't remember it ever coming up in the plot. No, it seems like it's more of a story point that she's a juvenile delinquent. Right, right. And that she was in her school lab where she created the time storm that brought her to the planet Ice World and Dragonfire in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, why her name is Dorothy because right. of the yeah, <laughs> Wizard of Oz. But, but yeah, I don't remember it ever really being a plot point. It's possible it's come up more in the Virgin New Adventures or Big Finish audios that I, I haven't heard all of those or read all of those. But I don't remember it being an issue, to be fair. Hmm. I hope that helps. <laughs> That's a non-answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's great. great. I, I was just curious. Uh, just when you mentioned age, I didn't realize she was that young. So I uh, just curious question. I'm pretty sure she was 16. Like, yeah. I could be wrong. But I'm pretty no, sure. That sounds right. Because and... I, I think she lied about her age in Dragonfire. And then it was like a plot <laughs> where they were like, oh, no, actually, she's 16. So. I'm yeah. not trying to think back across the history of companions, too. And I'm wondering, was she the youngest, uh, not counting Susan, who I think is depicted as being kind of in the 10th grade, or we would say in the 10th grade. But I mean, Ad um, how, was fairly young, I Adric think. Adric is, is a boy, Issa yeah. And was also, I think, kind of young, but not, or, yeah, yeah no. But they're both well, prodigies, too. They're, yeah. yeah. And they're not depicted as teenagers. You know, no. I mean, they're not, like. You know, the, like there's a line or two that Ace will refer to herself as a teenager, but they're not like they're written like adults for the mm -hmm. most. Interesting. See, and Clarence, I'm glad you brought that up because I learned something because, again, I have not seen as many episodes or seen. Actually, I don't think I think I've seen all the available episodes of the Seventh Doctor and Ace. So I need to get better at that. Oh, shame. Yes. <laughs> put me to shame. Line from Battlefield. <laughs> but you know what you can't put me to shame on is how much I enjoy saying what I'm about to say now. If you have not seen Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, go out, watch the episode, but put us on pause before you go out and watch the episode. Then come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 
Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. This is the fourth episode of the 2020 series of Doctor Who, and it aired originally on the 19th of January, 2020. But before we get into some review, I have one very important question to ask the three of you. Are you ready for my question? No. No, okay, yeah. (laughs) Have you seen Benny? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This is the new recorder. Uh, fans out there, get ready. Benny. I'm not going to stop ever. <laughs> new drinking game for discussing who. Have you seen <laughs> Benny? I also have this. Oh, um, so, Clarence, I did that for you, so that means you get the honor of going for a summary review. <laughs> summary review. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It also, like, I guess all good Doctor Who history focused episodes, uh, made me go back and do some research and, you know, rethink some things I thought I knew and put it in a slightly new light. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. Shades of, uh, Runaway Bride, uh, in here for me, as well as, uh, what other episode was I thinking about? Anyway, I'll bring it up, but it, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think? You know what? I'll actually go next. I loved this in comparison to last week. For everything I think that I found wrong with last week, I found right with this week. I enjoyed it. It prompted me to do research, as in learning, not research about how many people watch the episode or something like that, but prompted me to do learning about things that I may not have known before or learn more about in detail of things that I may have peripheral knowledge of. So I, summary of you, really, really enjoyed it. Lee, what say ye? Did we lose Lee? I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot. Benny. Of- Benny? <laughs> Benny. There's a lot. Of- Lee, has anyone seen Lee? A lot of noise in my house, so I muted my mic and then forgot to take it back off again. Um yeah, I, as a big fan of uh, world history and uh, history of tech innovations and things like that, I have always, always wanted the Doctor in some incarnation to wind up between Tesla and Edison, and I got my wish. And uh, it, it's just, yeah, it, it met all my expectations. I, I just, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this one. So, awesome. Nicole. Nicole. Well, uh, I mostly really loved it as like a story about Tesla and his competition with Edison. Um, in some ways, I'm not sure I loved it as a Doctor Who story, but I'm kind of on the fence about that. I mean, I like the guest cast a lot. And I don't know, there were several parts that felt like the pacing was a bit off for me, like it slowed down a bit. And I don't know, it was a little boring in moments. And there were some clunky moments, like some with the alien subplot. But Overall, I mostly really liked it. I thought the companions felt a bit sidelined again and didn't get much dialogue. And I'm not sure I still really know them all that well. But I do have to say that the TARDIS console room lit up in blue is a billion times better than the yellow-orange. And they need to bring that back. I still don't like that console room, but blue. Blue is where it's at. I, I really feel this is the first episode where... It seems like there's too many companions, <laughs> just to yeah. back on Nicole's point, because it, it just seems like it's too many to to give focus to. I want to see the companion involved in the plot thoroughly. And it seemed like everyone just had a very marginal role, which that's what you're going to get with, with so many. But 
it just this the first time out of all of the past two seasons where it started to just not feel right to me. All right. So let me ask you a question based on that. Out of the three of them, did any of the three stand out more than the other two? Huh. Well, see, that's the thing. I think if you take anyone away, it just feels weird because I think yeah, as far as like the plot goes, I think Yaz played the biggest role while I wouldn't want to have the episode without the comments from Graham <laughs> or the comments from Ryan. So uh, it's really hard to say. Um, but but just as far as overall co- contribution to what they're trying to accomplish, uh, you know, I feel like Yaz had the biggest role in that. Lee, what say you based on that question? Yeah, uh, same thing. I, I, I do sense the struggle of these writers to try to figure out what to do with all these people. And I'm about ready to leave everybody behind except Ryan. And it's a pity because I really enjoy the the three of them, especially when they're together. I love them when they were on the run and Spyfall and things like that. But uh, but yeah, this was unique in that Yaz had things to do. Yaz keeps being pushed into the background. And I think it's just because we've only got an hour and we kind of run out of things for her to do. And it's it's a real it's a real pity. Okay, so Nicole, I'll pose that to you. Do you see this? Did you did one of them stand out more or or did were they all equal in the background? Well, it was weird because like the first time I watched it, I thought, well, at least they're all doing something. You know, they're, they're all on screen and they're, you know, like they've, they've been given an assignment, you know, like you go here and you do this. And, but then when I thought about like, what did they have to say? What did they actually do? They were sort of like accessories to the guest stars. Like they didn't seem to be, God, I don't know how to explain that. I don't want to say strong characters, but I feel like they could have potentially been taken out of the story and things might have went okay. Like, I'm not saying they didn't have any contribution, and I think that they helped, but I don't know that I was like, whoa, that was really awesome what such and such did. I mean, and and I know that in the classic series, obviously, they um, they had a lot of companions to deal with, especially in, like, the Fifth Doctor era. But I felt like, like, even when Nyssa, like, say, in the visitation was, you know— off in her lab in her bedroom for like half the time she does come back and she like kind of saves the day like she she does something that is integral to the plot so i don't mind it as much when if they're not on screen they're actually still helping the plot but i don't know it's 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 tricky you know because i feel like graham was mostly comic relief i like that ryan had that kind of bit of uh, you know connection with uh mrs scarrett dorothy and then Yaz kind of had an, a few nice little moments too, but I feel again, I I don't know who these people are. They're just like kind of flat in a way. You know, as I'm listening to the three of you talk, I for some reason was drawn to think about Bill Potts, and this is why I was drawn to think about Bill Potts. When we were introduced to Bill. We knew she was a one season only companion. She, she was there for Capaldi's final season. She would have 13 episodes or 12 or however many. I think it was 13 with the Christmas special. She would be gone. That being said, I remember actually in episode 59 of this podcast actually choking up talking about her scene when she was Cyber Bill. 
we had 12 episodes that we're that we're watching of her i get choked up we've already seen more than 12 for these three companions and it's not anything to do with the actors i think it's what you three have just been talking about is we've not had enough time screen time to develop these characters so that the audience gets an emotional bond honestly i think if they got rid of any of the three of them next episode i don't think that i would be sad i would say oh well they were nice companions etc but i would don't have any emotional attachment with any of the three of them and i'll take it one step further i think having to share so much screen time with the three companions i think it is hurting the viewers connection to the 13th doctor because you don't get to explore her yeah, I don't know who she is either, for the most part. I mean, I have my issues with Russell T. Davies, but I'll tell you what, like, he can introduce a companion in one episode, and you get a gist of, like, what are these persons' motivations? What what makes them tick? What do they like? What kind of person are they? You know, you get that really quick, where I don't feel like I have that with either the Doctor or the companions. Okay, so Clarence, what about you? Let me ask you about the 13th Doctor. Do you agree that you think, or, you know, my opinion that we are sacrificing screen time for 13 for the companion? Well, I mean, I hope we're changing that in this season. I think last season was mostly focused around uh, Ryan and Graham and their story in, in glimpses, you know, not entirely, but we definitely start and kind of end on their note. But I don't know. I do want to see more of her uh, focused. In this season, I think we're going to get that, especially with the introduction of the master and, you know, the situation going on in Gallifrey. So I, I do think they're moving in that direction. So hopefully by the end of this season, we'll have a, a great look at um, who, who this doctor is. Cobain. All right. So my next question, I specifically want to point first to Lee, because it is with the Silurians or the Sea Devils that you and I literally <laughs> first met each other. That's right. And because of the Sea Devils and the Silurians, there was a statement that was made that just caught my attention. And I want to see if you agree or disagree that this may have been an error in their writing. And that I is. I know what it is because it's my nitpick. Okay, cool. <laughs> they refer to the Silurian gun as an alien gun. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, Lee. Do you agree that that was a plot hole? Yeah. Yeah. The, they were here before we are, but yeah, it's true. I, I'm trying to, to make this into a grander point about, uh, the, about golden age New York and about, uh, uh America as the land of immigrants and, uh, how everybody was calling each other aliens at that point. But no, it's just a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Nicole, was that your nitpick? Yeah, that was one of my nitpicks. I was like, what? Samarians are native to our planet. They yeah. are not alien. Come they on. were here before we were. Like, I could see, like, not the doctor saying that and just mm-hmm. assuming, but the right. doctor knows better. Yeah. I mean, it's not enough to, like, make me shut the episode off, but I still kind of went, huh? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, how about this? Maybe the doctor was so clever that she did not want them to know that the Silurians were actually on Earth, and that was to protect the Silurians from these scavenging-type creatures. 
That's a bit of a reach, I think. Lee Shackelford once said, as long as you give me a, <laughs> a, a description, Clarence Brown, uh, be, you know, back me up here. Lee said at one point, as long as I get a, a, um, explanation, I don't care what it is, as long as I get an explanation, I'm happy. Well, you would hope that it would be good, but yeah, true. <laughs> good point. You know, <laughs> Uh, but you did, um, as so often happens in my line of work, uh, you sent me chasing to the Oxford English Dictionary, where the first definition of alien is belonging to someone else. Okay. Mm. Mm, that, that's fair. So that's an alien gun. Okay. Mm. Now, to be fair, a human gun in the doctor's hand would be the same thing. <laughs> exactly. That's an alien gun, too. Yeah. Mm. That was quite and fantastical. And also, mm. I don't think, you know... Have you ever seen this gun that is totally from your planet before? Would have had the same. Effect. Well, that's true. You, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta move the story on. <laughs> that's a really good point too. <laughs> I want to give you guys an opportunity to talk about Thomas Edison versus Nikola Tesla. Take it away. Hmm. Oh God! Like, like in general, or just yeah. in that's a really big. I could write a book. Yeah, because I, I I used to be such a big fan of Edison's, and and I just was collecting things that I could read about him. And the more I read about him, the more I started saying, "You bastard!" Yeah, the elephant thing's pretty bad. Well, yeah, oh. yeah, I saw that too. It's yeah, uh, and I mean, and in his attempts to defame Tesla. One of the things that he promoted was the idea of um, doing away with hanging people, but using alternating current to kill people, mm -hmm. you know, so so promotes this idea of the electric chair. And right. then the first time we do it to somebody, it takes eight minutes to kill them. Think about that for a while. Yeah. And then the audience, you know, the, the, the world is outraged. You know, this is a nightmare. This is terrible. And Edison spun that, even though it was his suggestion in the first place, to say, you see how terrible uh, alternating current is? Yeah. You see what it'll do to a person? Yeah. Will you give it a rest, man? But there was also the whole thing, like, they just sort of glossed over Joseph Swan, who pretty much was the inventor of the light bulb. I mean, Edison worked on it, too, and they ended up merging their companies, becoming the was it Edison and Swan United Electric Light Company or something? But right. I'm like, it wasn't just him. No, <laughs> no. And Westinghouse is is a major player in this too, and we don't yeah. have time to talk about him either. Yeah. Right. So, I but like JP Morgan mentioned they just called I him Mister Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you know the history, you know, and that's all true, of course. I mean, Morgan was he was Tesla's hope. He was the one who was going to finance the Wardenclyffe Tower, and then he really, you know. His withdrawing his support was was kind of the end, and even the the signal from Mars was real. Like Tesla wrote an article about it called like Talking with Planets, and he was talking about getting signals from uh, intelligent signals from another planet, and they were all like, "Dude, you're weird." You yeah, <laughs> he did not help his own cause. No, being a popular character, but. Yeah, we see a, 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 a newspaper headline very quickly in this episode, and that's an authentic headline. That really, they didn't make that for the show. That really is about Tesla saying, uh, I've, I got a signal, I got a signal from Mars. You know, one of the things I've just learned recently, since, since we're talking about it, is that, um, uh, of course, Woodcliffe Tower was torn down in 1917, and the, the property has changed hands back and forth. But there are a group of people who have raised the money to buy the property. 
So it is now in the hands of a group of people who want to build a Tesla museum and visitor center and even potentially at some point rebuild the tower. Oh, that would be awesome. They estimate the total cost of this to be $10 million. And one of the people involved with this went to Elon Musk and said, since you're now banking on the name Tesla, <laughs> um, we, you know, we think you're the logical person to come to. And he gave them a million dollars. Awesome. Wow. So, so that's a little nest egg. A little, uh, I, that was the thing that made me so sad in this episode where they, they were like, he, is he the car guy? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, come on, Tesla. Yeah. Well, that's what this generation knows. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh. Well, of yeah, course, the I own an electric car. We almost got a Tesla, but they're expensive. So we got a Chevy Bolt. But yeah. I mean, come on. There's more to Tesla than the car. <laughs> That is, who is the first person in America to to promote the idea of making electric cars instead of internal combustion cars? Edison. Right. So, yeah. And I know that. It all comes, <laughs> it all comes back, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm not from this generation. I'm from, you know, the 1970 generation. <laughs> but I will profess right now that I probably just wasn't paying attention in school that day or year or whenever. <laughs> but – Having said that, I thought Tesla was a car, and until well, this, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's your fault. Oh no, because yeah. American history. I think even when I think of myself, I think we hear a lot of Edison, but Harley, Neil of Tesla. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Edison really controlled the narrative a lot, and I think it's not until you know in recent decades that people have really started to say, "Oh, wait." Nikola Tesla was pretty awesome and he's done a lot. Like I thought maybe because I grew up like, well, I was born in the seventies, but I remember in the nineties, there was all the like Tesla, uh, you know, the, the, uh, what were those called? Like the little lamps that you put yes. your fingers on yep. and, you know, that was all Tesla stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and I've always hung out around lots of, you know, tech geeks. <laughs> they all love Tesla, but, but yeah, I just, and David Bowie played him in a movie. So that was, that was good. Which, by the way, as a quick aside, I am a massive Goran Vishnich fan. Like, I love him in Timeless and stuff. He was such perfect casting. Like, they're both Croatian. I mean, it was it was perfect. And he said in his school, he learned a ton about Tesla really? and had read a lot of biographies and stuff about him before he ever even got the role. So they were like, do you need any help with research? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. I yeah, know all about Tesla. Well, look, I'm Croatian. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're actually taught this where I come from. Yeah, he's like local. We we learned about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that made me think like, what is going to be the American uh, reception to this episode? Of course, now you know you have Elon Musk and his car, so we know even kind of remotely about Tesla. You know, I think if you've heard the name for the first time, you'd research it a little bit. It makes me wonder what the uh, reception here would be. Where we have this episode, maybe not so subtly, <laughs> alluding to stealing technology, and we're talking about Edison. You know, that's one of the things people say that he stole, oh. uh, which you know is true to some extent. You know, I guess getting patents on things that you didn't re really right. do is one way of doing it. But you know, I just wonder how that message is going to land on most Americans who think you know Thomas Edison is you know such a great inventor, and you know yeah. all those stuff that goes with that. Very good question. 
Yeah, I it, it, I can't watch Back to the Future without thinking about this. Is that that you know Doc Brown has a framed photo of Edison on his wall, <laughs> and I always think, wow, Doc Brown would really be more of a Tesla guy. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> but but I understand this is that the. These the, these filmmakers in 1985, no, nobody's going to know who the hell Nikola Tesla was, but maybe they will understand who. They're not going to recognize him from the photograph, but but you know, Doc Brown beseeches you know the picture. He says, "Tom, where did I go wrong?" You know, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, it's, that's just how they always you know. There's this saying that there's two sides to every story, paired with to the you know not not to the victor goes the spoiled, but that. History is written by the victors. All right. So, right. You, you know, that's in a way, that's the way this is. You're, you don't hear of Tesla because it was the narrative that was shaped was Edison did this, Edison did that. And as years passed by, less and less of people who knew what really happened and yeah. the story just becomes a life of its own. And that's, I guess, one of the good things about Doctor Who is that it can show both sides of the story and say, hey, this is what you might think of this, but this is what really happened. I mean, it wasn't 100% factually accurate. Obviously, we don't know that the Skithra were there back then. But <laughs> I assume they were. Thing, you know, they, they tweaked a few facts here and there. But for the most part, it can send you to even Wikipedia. I mean, it doesn't have to send you to a book. I'm still a book person, but let's be real. You know, Google. You know, yeah. and they they can look it up and go, oh, that's oh. really interesting. Oh, he really electrocuted an elephant. That was probably <laughs> not, right. you know, I mean, just little things like that that we just were not taught in school. Like, I mean, to be fair, I don't know that I was even taught much about Edison. I just well, just hanging around with geeky people. I just know about him. But right. and, you know, the script does let Edison say something that I, I thought was entirely fair is that when when uh, Edison and Tesla are having that first sort of face to face this argument and Tesla says I, I'm the one who comes up with the ideas you just appropriate people's ideas that's what you do and he says I built a laboratory that's full of inventors and I'm getting these ideas out to the world that's my invention and I thought right. that's really a fair a way of look I, I think I think he's got a good point there actually Edison did he invented a way of getting uh, technological progress to happen in a hurry. He stuck his name on it and it all went into his checkbook, but his point is still valid. Yeah. But, but is that any different from any of the companies today, whether they be Facebook, whether they be Apple, whether they be, you know, fill in the blank, Google or whatever. Look at, look at all of the, when social media first started in the you know 2005 forward you had all of these smaller platforms that got bought up either by Facebook or by or you had these technologies that got bought up by Google or by Samsung or by Apple or whatever same premise Absolutely. I was just listening to a, a history lecture by uh, being given by uh, Stephen Fry, who has a marvelous podcast about these exact kinds of things called uh, Great Leap Years. And he's talking about exactly that. And, and you know, you're, you're right on the money, Kyle, you know, according to his view of history anyway, that Fry was saying that uh, this is the thing, this is the invention that uh, Edison gives to the world was let's get a bunch of really clever people under the same roof and we'll we'll all call it 
me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but that is a, that is actually a new idea in the world. And, and we're, uh, and you're right. We're still doing it today because it works. It really, really works. And whatever one of these, uh, you know, uh, one of 6,000 employees at Google, they come up with an idea, you know, it's branded by Google and, you know, this guy may get a raise, but it's still now Google has this idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it <laughs> is know- interesting yeah. that, you know, the doctor sort of like slams the Skithra for stealing all their technology, but she's not that mean to Edison. Like obviously right. Graham had issues <laughs> with Edison, but like it's sort of drawing a parallel between the two of them in a way, but. But I the thought, doctor I thought it clearly was, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, she's not as mean to Edison about it. I'm not really sure why, but. Edison doesn't want to uh, lay waste to the whole planet. No, uh, theoretically. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's right. Tesla's the one who made a death ray. Mm, no, I know. <laughs> but, but speaking of laying waste to the whole uh, planet, <laughs> let's, let's segue into the Skithra. And Clarence, let me ask you. What did you think about the queen of the Scythra and, in fact, the Scythra themselves? I think I may have alluded to this, but the queen reminds me a lot of the queen arachnid on Runaway Plot, Brian. Yes. Yeah. 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 We saw her in the trailer. I thought that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, seeing her on screen, that's all I thought about. So I really thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'd be at a very much smaller scale than what we've seen Runaway Bride. Uh, but yeah, I actually thought they were cool. I still, I'm still not entirely sure I understand them because they are sort of scavengers. Uh, they steal technology. So I still don't know as, as a villain on a whole. Like I don't feel like I know that much about them. Hmm. Anyone else? What did you guys think? Uh, one thing I really liked about them, and uh, when you have that chase scene with uh, Edison and Yaz being chased, and you have the the uh, Skithra teleporting down and they're chasing them, I love how they're just like running into walls and into each other and sort of hissing at each other. And it's not like this seamless sort of like they're just chasing them. They're like having issues. They're falling over each other. They're, <laughs> you know, it's it feels very realistic. And I really like that sort of aspect of them. Um, I'm, I love the uh, queen, but it was, I, I just love Anjali Mohindra like a lot. So, um, but I, oh, as an aside, by the way, she was saying in an interview that Bradley Walsh did not recognize her at all because of the makeup. And she's yeah. like, uh, she thought it was a joke at first that he didn't know who she was because they were in Sarah Jane Adventures together. Yeah. He was in her first story, uh, mm-hmm. Day of the Clown, I think it was. She was a lot younger, yeah. Well, but, yeah, and she didn't have still. she didn't have prosthetics on. <laughs> she wasn't a, a scorpion in that one. But, right. yeah, but he, she thought, well, maybe he would recognize her name, but he didn't. And then right. he said something like, "Can I see a picture of you so I know what you look like on the street?" And she's like, "Oh God, he really doesn't know who I am." Yeah. <laughs> And so she's like, look, we've been in scenes together. Yeah. But, um, but no, last time you were the bad guy and I was the good guy. Yeah. I I mean, I thought she was fun. I mean, she was over the top and scenery chewing, but I'm kind of, I kind of like that. It's funny. Like when she was like, uh, uh, like we need, the guy says we needed an engineer and she like shoots him and says like, I was talking, we needed an engineer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She was fun, but I don't understand the structure. And like Clarence said, we know they're scavengers, but we don't know much about them. Like, what what is their thing? Like, what are they like? You know? So. so, Lee, let me ask you this in regards to these bad aliens. 
Do you think this would have been a better story without the alien if they would have had it in some other twist? Or did you like having the scorpion creatures? Well, that's a great question because I was, I, I was nervous about that. I just wanted a story that was about Edison and Tesla. That's what I've always wanted. But I recognize that maybe that's not Doctor Who. Maybe I'm wanting another show. So there has to be something else going on. So, yeah, and uh, and I'm in the call. I don't, I don't know how else you play a scorpion that has a mostly human face other than to be uh, operatic. I mean, that's that's the way they went with the Empress of the Ragnos, and so, you know, you've got to be, soon your planet will be mine, maha! You know, you've got to. I would I would not have recognized her either, you know. But I will say, knowing uh, who she strange. was, I could yeah. see it. Yeah, that's it. Once yeah, once I, I I could sort of look at her at her eyes and go, "Wow, it is." <laughs> it is Ronnie. I do love that. It's Ronnie in there. Yeah. All right, so lady and gentlemen, I do not have any other items on my notes before we get into our favorite scene and favorite quote. But I'm curious if any of the three of you have any other notes that we've not covered. And Clarence, I want to start with you, and then we'll go to Lee and then Nicole. Hmm. I, I will say I love seeing the opposing workshops. Uh, one workshop, um, well, we look at his real workshop. It, it, um, what's the name of the place? At the, uh, yeah, Wardenclyffe. Wardenclyffe. Uh, that was impressive, but but when you compare it to what's going on on Edison's side, he has a whole room full of folks doing things and creating new inventions, and I really like the difference in uh, view there. So it was cool seeing that. Uh, another great moment I remember is when the doctor is doing something, and Edison first kind of berates, they're like, "What are you doing? Uh, mixing gases or you know whatever?" And then he like he's like, "Oh, light bulb." <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. doctor points it out. So I really love that. So to speak, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and again, you know, when I just think of this episode as a whole, just making me go back and research and um, looking at all these, this this rivalry between these two characters, you know, you said, you mentioned earlier, was it good to even have the aliens in there? Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, but really what I come away from this episode is, uh, wanting to know more about these two, I say characters, but two people that lived long ago and these inventions they created and, you know, this battle they, they had on these different types of power delivery and, 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 you know, patents and all this other things surrounding their story. Just interesting, interesting, interesting things. I, I really wish we could have got more of maybe what more of Ryan Graham and, um, wow, excuse me, I'm tripping. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, you see, Yes is now so far in the yes, background. Yes, yeah, yes, wow. Yeah, Ryan Grimm, yes. I wish we could have got more of them, but they were kind of just in the story. And I'll shut up now. But one last thing, I do like how I felt like we were in a Tesla story, and mm-hmm. then the doctor just shows up. I, I feel like we don't get much of that now. So I feel like this was a Tesla story, mm-hmm. and the doctor just came through and helped out a little bit. I like so. that. <laughs> I, I like that you brought that up, that, and, and I hadn't thought of it like that, but I like that. Very cool. All right, Lee, what say you? Any other thoughts? Uh, I really don't, uh, which is kind of surprising because <laughs> th- this this week we were served up the episode that I've always wanted. You know, um, I, I I guess here's the thing: um, uh, my uh, friend David Duncan and I were were laughing not too long ago about this uh, this meme in science fiction films where you have to evacuate a city and how quickly you could do it. 
<laughs> in uh, in the 1953 War of the Worlds. I think they evacuate Los Angeles in something like four hours. Can, do you know how long it would take to evacuate Los Angeles? You know, I mean, really? So I don't care how scared people are. That would just make it worse. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So Edison and Yaz are charged with uh, telling everybody in New York to go in their homes. Well, <laughs> um, Good luck that's a that. lot. <laughs> but but Edison's got the right idea. Tell everybody that uh, you know, yeah. Tess was doing something weird. That'll get them all. Uh, fake news. Yeah. Fake news. Or fake news. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. So yeah. Alternative oh, facts. Alternative right. facts. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> all right, Nicole. What about you? Any other items that we've not covered before we get into our favorite scene and favorite quote? Okay. Me being who I am as a person and how I have to talk all the time. Um, I do have tons of notes, but I'm going to narrow it down to two pieces of trivia. Oh, so, yeah, cool. Yeah. Trivia. Well, not trivia, but trivia like things. Yes. Um, one was that this was written by Nina Metvie, Metvie yeah. and, uh, directed by Nina Manzor. And, uh, this is the third episode in Doctor Who's history that was written and directed by female. So. Mm -hmm together so that was pretty cool Sweet. Uh, we also had enlightenment and then witch finders from last season and the other one that made me particularly happy as a classic series fan was we had the return of robert glenister who was playing edison and he was major salatine in caves of adrizani so that made me super happy wow okay i didn't put that together i was just caught up in how much how spot on the casting was because he really, really looks like Edison. He does. Yeah. I mean, I love Robert Glenister. Like he's really good. I love Philip Glenister too, from like life of Mars and ashes, of ashes, but Robert Glenister is pretty awesome. And wow. yep, he was in caves of Androzani. He was like a, like an officer in the, uh, in the troop on Androzani manger. He was like abducted by Shiraz Jack. I don't know if you remember him, but, but yeah, he was, he was, in that story, so I'm always happy to see people from the past pop back up. Absolutely, yeah. His character that he played in there was Salatine, and I will point out that Blue Box Bill also pointed that out, Nicole, about Robert Glenister. So, cool, okay. cool, cool, so cool. it's not just me. <laughs> no, Bill, Bill. Notice that was Salatine. I love Caves of Androzani. We we, yeah. we got to do an episode about caves one of these days. So. We do. Yeah. Indeed, Clarence we do. probably hasn't seen it. Have you seen that, Clarence? No, I have not. Oh, yeah. Let's spoil the ending for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> it goes to closing to... credits. <laughs> That's right. So let's get into it. I want to do favorite quote first this time. Favorite quote. And you know what? I'll go in the same order as I just went before. So Clarence, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. Oh, this is easy for me. Oi, ACDC. <laughs> you might be the greatest minds of the age, but is there any chance you can stop squabbling while we try to save the planet? I, I did literally LOL. What do you call them? ACDC. That was so great. <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah, <laughs> great line, great, great line. <laughs> awesome, Lee. What's uh, a similar bit of a sarcasm too? I, I just always love with it when uh, an alien snarls at the doctor and says, "I'm here and I'm gonna." And the doctor does a quiet takedown, you know. And we're we're met with the Queen of the Skithra, and the doctor says, "Oh, but no, we're gonna have a royal visit. I'd put the kettle on." <laughs> Yeah, I like that one, too. Mm. Mm. Boom. All right, Nicole, 
this isn't my favorite, but I loved when he's the, the people were chanting "No to the death current, no AC." That was his favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite one, which I just thought was really sweet, was Yaz says to Tesla when they're on the uh, throne ship, uh, "Just because you're a genius doesn't mean you don't have to figure everything out on your own." I thought that was sweet, and she needs to say that to the doctor, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Mm, cool. Yeah. I well, like she's that. trying it out on somebody else first. Yeah, <laughs> you need to test it first. Yeah. You know, we had a few Thasmin moments, and you know that was her testing that. So, <laughs> all right. So my favorite quote. I actually had a runner run runner up, but I'm going to make that my favorite scene. But my favorite quote was the internal dimensions exceeds the external. Mm-hmm. That was just cool. Oh, that's right. That was great. Because Edison was like, I can't figure it out either. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll go first and then Clarence and then Lee and then Nicole on the favorite scene. My favorite scene was, this isn't our first rodeo. We've never been to a rodeo. You're not helping. <laughs> You're <Mike>. not helping. <laughs> that, yep. that, that, that to me, I, I really liked that. That was fun, funny, and cool. So that was my favorite scene. So Clarence, you, favorite scene. Uh, I won't go through it again, but we've we've already mentioned it. It's when they're out on the street and, uh, you know, in swing doom and they have to clear the street. So I, I love that whole scene. I thought it was fun. And, man, Edison made me mad with his comment, but it had to be said. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Lee Shackelford. Uh, you're the source of uh, your, your line that you just quoted, um, I really uh, – this may just be me, you know, but I have just always wanted to see – Edison and Tesla in the TARDIS console room. And so <laughs> I finally got my wish. And I just was really happy with the way that was played with the two of them. Edison is over there trying to figure out how he can market it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just, that's, that's what he'd do. He's a businessman. He's a businessman. And, uh, and Tesla is just, yeah, it's just fun to watch the two of them have their giant minds completely blown. That's, it's just fabulous. So maybe it's a coincidence, but just the night before, thanks to good old Pluto TV, I had just been watching uh, Robot, and uh, I'd forgotten that the last line of Robot is uh, Harry Sullivan going into the TARDIS for the first time, and we don't see him. What we see is the outside of the TARDIS. He goes inside, the door closes. Last line of the episode, and we hear his voice. He says, "Oh, I say." <laughs> I love that part. This is pretty good. You know? <laughs> uh. Okay, Nicole. It's tied. I have like I love the Tesla and the doctor. I was about to say the Tesla. The Tesla. Tesla and the doctor <laughs> working together with their goggles and getting Wardenclyffe Tower to to work. I love all that. But the bit that I really like, and this is because I'm still trying to figure out who this doctor is. I actually really like the kind of dark doctor moment when she's talking to the queen of the Skithra and she's like, you know, I gave you a chance, a chance to evolve, but you're too stupid to take it. And when you die, there'll be nothing left behind, just a trail of blood and other people's brilliance. And no one will ever know you existed. And I was like, Ooh, Lord, you know, cause I, I love a bit of dark doctor, you know, seven yeah. doctors, my favorite. I can't help it. So I was like, oh, whoa, that's a menace there that we haven't really seen from her. So that was that was interesting. I kind of sparked up my interest a little bit there. So mm. I think she might be going in a, a dark direction. So, hmm. All right, so I want to ask the three of you a quick question that I did not ask while we were going through that I want to ask now. And, and it ties kind of into what you just said, Nicole. 
The doctor did not wipe the minds of Edison or Tesla, but similarly in Spyfall Part 2, she wiped the minds of the two people yes. from history that, that she makes found. Me so mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> and very nonchalantly, considering how 12 was very apprehensive of wiping Bill's memory in the pilot, um, you know, the episode called Pilot. That mm-hmm. said, what did you guys think about this wiping or not wiping, specifically here, not wiping their memories when you had just wiped memories two episodes ago? And Lee, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I, I was waiting for it. Would, would that be – I'm guessing we were all waiting for it, right? Yep. Uh, she, she's going to wipe their memories, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think as the episode went on, I started thinking – well, we don't want that to be the act for a moment of every episode, do we? I mean, because obviously the doctor hasn't done it in the past. So, yeah, she's got to judge sometimes, you know, these folks will be okay, <laughs> whether it makes any sense or not. But, yeah, if you're going to leave something like that in the minds of somebody, yeah, yeah, leave it with Edison and Tesla. Mm. Clarence, uh, what do you think? So I'm, I'm going to come back at you with a question. Like, how uh, often does that happen? Um, of course we saw it in the, in the premiere of this season, but I honestly, I can't remember that many times where I've seen it. So, uh, for me, it's why do it? It, it, it strikes me as a concept you may see in some other time traveling science fiction mm. show, but not in Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, do we ever see it before, mm. uh, Donna Noble? Yeah, Donna's the big one. But, but, yeah. but, but, but see, Donna, I mean, the, there were, it, it was in the storyline. It was storyline dictated. Well, oh, that's right. No, he. there's the no choice Lord, with Donna. The Time Lords took, you know, remember uh, Zoe, and, uh, Zoe and Jamie's memories. But oh, that that's was, true. That's right. And, and very selectively, too. They've got, they, yeah. they remember who the Doctor is, but they don't remember everything. Their adventures, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's right. I know it kind of came off as a, I saw somebody quote on Tumblr. They said, so boy geniuses can keep their memories, but girl geniuses can't. Oh, you know, and it was right. like. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I had the same feeling that Lee did where I was like, I was waiting for it to happen. And I was like, why am I thinking this way? Because I don't want this to happen. But also, if you set that up as a precedent, just two episodes ago, mm-hmm. I mean, I could see maybe the doctor saying, oh, I feel bad about doing this like two episodes ago. Let me not do it right. this time. But it wasn't even mentioned. Like there was no, yeah. ooh, they're going to remember well, this as a problem. Do you think that for her to make a decision this time to say, you know what, I, I've been doing that too much. I'm going to stop doing it. W- wouldn't that have made the um, <laughs> why does Ada get it and and Edison mm. doesn't? <laughs> mm. would, would, wouldn't that have called attention to it and made it even worse? Yeah. See, yeah, I just don't think that they put and I'm meaning they being Chibnall, because mm. ultimately he's the one who is ha- guiding this series is putting that much thought into it because if you want to think of it from a character concept, the way we're looking at it from the character of the doctor, it makes no sense. And I'm not trying to be cold or funny or callous here to wipe the memory of someone who has less than a year to live than taking someone who is a genius, either one of them and who have many years to live and not wiping their memory. That's right. 
you know, especially when you had the growth with the 12th doctor, as you mentioned, with both Clara and Bill calling him out and being like, no, my memories are my memories. Don't don't take them. So um, he's learned that or she now has learned that 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 is that's not that there's agency being taken away there. And so that is an issue I I haven't done my episode on Skyfall yet, but I was like, oh, my God, that's that's terrible. And I don't know. It's it really made me uncomfortable. Yep. And I hope what I'm about to say is not taken as negative, but I I wonder if it's just Chibnall trying to put his own stamp and or not really grasping the full nature slash concept slash history of the doctor. Mm. I'd be more inclined to think it's just, it's so hard to think of everything. You know, I don't think there's an act of will here or that this is the, the, the show hates women or something. I just, I, I just think it's, I, I've done enough TV and theater and film to know that so, every time, every time you get to the end and look at the whole product and go, oh, about something, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's always something. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any malicious intent personally. I and and not even like a, a sexist sort of thing or anything. I just think that I feel like having it in Skyfall felt like a very particular decision about the doctor's character. Mm-hmm. And to not extend that further feels slightly awkward. Like it's not a thing I want to see the doctor doing, but it also it's like it's like a Chekhov's gun that they stuck in now. And and you now you're like, ooh. Well, is right. the doctor going to do yeah. this again? We should and, never have started it. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, that's the thing. It it's just I don't know. It's very awkward because I don't. I mean, there's been millions of times. Well, not millions, but lots uh-huh. of times. Lots the doctor of times. Met people in history and not, you know, messed with their memories. Right. And it's not been an issue. And it, why is it a thing now? No. Yeah, I think the interesting part of that is is kind of left up to us to decide if their experience with the doctor shape their history going forward you know this right. is a fictional story of course but we want to run those scenarios through our head and be like okay maybe this may have changed this person in that way going forward or, right. or this yeah. way i like no, that I was, I was just thinking about uh two of the historicals that end with the doctor talking to charles dickens and to agatha christie and in both cases saying keep you know chin up keep keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome at a time when they when they really need a a buck you up mm. or even and, Vincent van Gogh. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say it thank doesn't you. stick with van, Vincent, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but the effort is there. And yeah. And, and in any case, they don't wipe his memory. <laughs> mm. so, but so, you, so I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I want to actually like, does Tesla go on to live a tragic life? I've been trying to get some research on this, but it seems like from what I've read, he gets many awards going forward. Maybe mm. not the recognition of an Edison, but it seems like in the story, the doctor tries to paint it as though the rest of his life would be kind of tragic. That's kind of feeling I felt. It is kind of downhill from Wardenclyffe. It's um, mm. and, yeah. and the big he problem is have much money and oh, yeah. Uh, and he came to America with millions, which is really you know just the, the heartbreaking thing of it because he very good heartedly put it into research. He he financed his own experiments and the experiments of other people. But, um, you know, it just, it, 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 the, the golden age was a golden age for a lot of people who, uh, many of whom took it from other people. <laughs> and Edison was one of those guys. And he had a, you know, a wall, a, a, a building full of lawyers 
who could just you know run somebody like Tesla uh, uh, off the face of the earth, and that's pretty much what happened. It's mm. just, the, the story, as I've heard it, the story as somebody who was there has told it, is that after uh, Tesla figured out how to make Edison's uh, electric generator work, after you know donating his time to it for a year, uh, and you know they tell this story in the episode, um, and Tesla said, "Why didn't you keep your promise?" And Edison said. Welcome to America. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's your red, white, and blue Edison. But you know what is also red, white, and blue? I can't wait to figure out how you're going <laughs> to. That's true. <laughs> we, you know, us I, doing our final rating is just like <laughs> as good as mom's apple pie. <laughs> I was going to. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how you're going to get a. <laughs> Uh, a segue out of that. But, but I did. That's, that's this moment. Nicole does have cherry red hair, I think. I have yes, cherry she does. red hair, and I'm wearing a shirt that has red and blue on it. Wow. Oh, and some white. So some there, white. there you go. <laughs> so you know what? You know what that means? That means I get to say to you, Nicole, what is your final rating? What did you think? One to five. Okay. I think my rating, I went back and forth with this, but I mm. think it's going to be a 3.75. Uh, I thought it was overall a good story with a great cast uh the alien subplot was a little clunky at times but it also as i said had the dark doctor in there and i'm kind of here for that and the tardis lit in blue i think deserves mm-hmm. a yeah. whole point in and of itself <laughs> and that i actually felt like uh it was better on rewatch i liked it more the second time awesome clarence what say ye a solid four um uh, love the historical aspects. I love the subtle messages there. I didn't feel like they were beating us over the head with anything, but yeah, I love <laughs> the subtle, subtle historical aspects of this episode. And yeah, just making me research and go figure out more about these people. And, um, you know, as far as the doctor and companions, I feel like they were in Tesla's story, you know, and I really like that. So yeah, four. Awesome. Lee, what say you? I'm, I'm still stuck back on Clarence's observation that this episode didn't beat you over the head with it. Have you ever <laughs> seen a Doctor Who where they beat you over the head with their message? I mean, I, I don't know, but have you seen Benny? He's <sighs> 55 reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I you know the, I, I I keep saying it because it's true. I've been wanting this episode you know since as long as I can remember. So uh, and I was thoroughly pleased with it. So it's got to be a five for me. Just loved it. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know what? I I, I want to say this real quick because that we we keep making you know comments about Orphan Fifty Five. There are people who genuinely do like that episode. Yes. Yes. yes, and all props to them. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, all respect because, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was complaining that it was just another base under siege story. And I saw somebody on Facebook saying, "You know what I loved about this? It was one of those base under siege stories." So <laughs> you know, it's 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 all in what tickles your your fancy. You know, it's. Uh, so. Well, interestingly enough, Jessica from Seska says actually loved Orphan Fifty Five, and I I need to message her and say. 
I don't get where you love it, but hey, all power <laughs> to you. Right. Yeah. I know. Maybe, I maybe you could tell us. I couldn't wait to see her reaction because uh, um, Roger from His Dark Materials was in it, and she loved Roger from His Dark uh, Materials. So I'm like, I just want to see her reaction to that actor popping <laughs> up. <laughs> it is green wig, yeah. Yeah. But but back to this episode and my oh. my review – on it, I'm going to give it a solid, you know what? I'm going to give it a four for everything. Honestly, I'm going to repeat what Clarence said. So just go back and listen to, uh, or I actually I'll just repeat it. I love the historical. I love that, that it made me learn something that I did not know. And I think that's the best that any television program could do is teach us something. That said, it's one that I will watch again. I enjoyed everything about it. There, um, I loved how accurate they were with the setting. And I mean that by the, um, the look of the laboratories or the, you know, the, in the buildings that they were in, as well as the, not satellite, what is it called? Uh, tower outside. That, oh, that, yeah. that just was very Fantastic. accurately done. So, and the blue, Nicole, I'll take that from you. I <laughs> yeah. love the blue. Get rid of the orange green or whatever it is. Get rid of that, um, blue. So in oh. Canada, Canada showed up for the first time in Doctor Who, which has gotten a lot of Canadian fans very excited. First? Time? I mean, it was Niagara Falls, but. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't think it's ever been in the show before. Interesting. Like it wasn't really Niagara Falls, I'm pretty sure. Oh. But, you know. <laughs> and seen from the American side, but still. You know, right, but yeah. it was still, it was on the you, screen. You see Canada from there. Yeah. I can see my house from here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you mentioned uh, locations, Kyle, because that was something else I wanted to call out. You know, uh, you can, you can still, you can tour uh, Edison's labs, the, 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 the factory workshop. And, uh, I don't think they filmed there. I hadn't heard about, you know, the, the, them coming to America. We would have heard that. But my golly, I think they reconstructed it because that's what it looks like. It was, it was really, uh, gorgeous. Uh, it's like, yeah. wow, this is, yeah. that, this is Edison's lab. This is really it. So anyway. Awesome. Yeah. And Cliff looked just like the pictures too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. But you can't go visit that. Not yet. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but you know what, but, but you know where you can go visit? You can go visit for everyone listening. You can go visit where you guys can be found on the internet. So, Nicole, where else can you be found on the internet? Oh, I can be found in many places, but probably the best way to find me in relation to Doctor Who would be at my podcast, which is called Terminus. And that is at terminus.libsyn.com. I just got a facelift on my website, so it's pretty exciting. Or on Twitter at TerminusCast. Um, I'm a little behind. I haven't done any reviews for this season yet. I think my last review was Girl in the Fireplace, but um, which is not from the season at all. But, uh, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Had to take a break after the holidays. So we're getting back into it. Awesome. Awesome. So Clarence Brown, where, may, where might you be found? Um, just say head over to discussingnetwork.com where you can see all of the podcasts in the Discussing Network family and um, subscribe, like, and all the other good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So, Mr. Shackelford, last but not least, where can you be found? I'm looking at uh, Nicole's um, new and improved website, and it's beautiful. I really think it's gorgeous. <laughs> it was actually just really outdated because I'm like, why can't you make comments anymore? And I contacted 
you know, support. And they're like, uh, the version of your, your, uh, website <laughs> is, uh, from like 2015. Right. Yeah. A, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. If you want to, if you want a template that wasn't used by the Flintstones, then yeah. Right. You, you, yeah. <laughs> tripod site or something. <laughs> GeoCities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh now I'm I suddenly feel older than I did before. <laughs> oh, GeoCities, my God. Um yeah. Uh, CompuServe, I think is um <laughs> I have that too. Where where can where can you find me on the internet? Uh CompuServe. CompuServe. <laughs> at one point you certainly You've got could. mail. You've got <laughs> you could st- I, I'm gonna steer you toward um relativitypodcast.com if you haven't been listening to relativity um you're you're only 48 episodes behind and you can binge it in a, you know one good long car trip so uh, people have reliably told me so uh i encourage people to do that so they can be caught up in time for next week's episode which <laughs> features a wonderful wonderful performance by mr clarence brown and the thrilling premiere or a return to the show of uh, kind of nasty ass Kyle Jones. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, what can I say? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. It is worth. Uh, I would say it's worth binging the show up this point <laughs> just for this scene with Clarence and. Uh, so, so, so let so let me say this about that particular scene for anyone listening who may be listening to this podcast who has never heard Relativity. If you. You always hear Clarence, and he's such a nice guy. If you ever want to hear Clarence with a little bit of an attitude and sarcasm, tune into this episode. <laughs> You'll see me squirm. <laughs> he is pushed to the edge of what's uh, reasonable. So. That's actually the real Clarence, I bet. That's right, yeah. Pushed to the edge. Anyway, relativitypodcast.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, for everyone listening, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. So this is Series 12 of Doctor Who, and that means enjoy, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. 
So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?